0: Hello everybody, you're listening to Dishing with Stephanie's Dish and happy Mother's Day. A Mother's Day is a big deal in our house, I guess, big deal in everybody's house that has a mom. I have a 20 year old daughter who is at college who did not get to spend Mother's Day with me because she had a 17 page paper due on Monday. So she made the good decision of which I was very proud as a mother to say, you know, I really need to do a good job on this final paper. So maybe we could do something later this week, which I fully support. So my Mother's Day with my daughter will be going to the 1029 on Tuesday and playing bingo and eating lobster mac and cheese, which is her favorite. So that'll be a fun night. Um, We did get together and I tried a new dish. My mother-in-law came over for dinner. She is 86, I think. Yeah, she's getting up there. We like to have Sunday dinner together. So we cooked, we grilled lamb that we marinated first with just garlic and rosemary and thyme. And then I made a simple salad, green salad. I make this dressing that's a tarragon buttermilk, which is basically just buttermilk plain yogurt Greek style and then some mayonnaise, dried mustard, tarragon, salt, pepper, garlic um, that I grate and just mix it all up in a mason jar. And it's kind of like a ranch dressing but it's really nice on spring greens because it's kind of a lighter version of it and it's a little bit tangy. So we had that as salad and then I had some chickpeas that I'd made earlier in the winter that were mixed with ginger and garlic and tomatoes and cooked down. So we had that and then I tried a new. New dish, which I thought turned out really great. It is from Autolenghi's cookbook, Simple. He has two cookbooks that I really like that are very veggie forward, but I'll be honest, they're kind of hard. Uh, this Ottolenghi Simple is a much easier cookbook. And the recipe was called roast rice or baked rice with confit, tomatoes, and garlic. Basically what you do is you put eight tablespoons of olive oil in a baking dish. Then you put 12 garlic cloves that you've peeled and roughly chopped. Then you add some onion. The recipe actually called for shallots, but I didn't have any. So I used onion. Uh, Salt, pepper, thyme, cinnamon stick, cilantro stems, which are very popular in Indian cooking. Um, And we don't cook with them that much in the United States, but I happen to have them on hand. So in they went. And you put all this in a baking dish and then you put cherry tomatoes. And I just used from the grocery store a yellow packet and a red packet just to give it some color. And you do what's called confit, which is you cook these at a 350 degree temperature oven for about 50 minutes where they burst open. They get kind of brown on the top and infuse the oil with this delicious flavor of all the spices and the tomatoes. Then you take that out of the oven and you put two and a half cups of water in the microwave. And then you put a cup and a half of jasmine rice, basmati rice, whatever kind of rice. So you pour the rice on top of this melange that you have in this pan, kind of, I layered it, right? Then you pour your boiling water on top, making sure that all of your rice is in this mixture. And then you cover cover it with tin foil, turn the oven up to 450 and put it back in the oven for about 25-30 minutes and then you let it sit for about 10 minutes so that you're making sure that all the moisture is sucked up by the rice. Wow, it was a great dish. It kind of on the sides had that crispy rice part that I really like that you get sometimes from paella. Um, It was really delicious. It was a real home run. Everybody liked it. It was not very hard and I think it would be great when we get into summer because I think you could put different ingredients too. So I think you could do, you know, yellow squash and zucchini, you could continue to do the cherry tomatoes, or you could just sub out, you could also do like different aromatics. So maybe if you were serving fish with it, you might want to do some lemongrass, some ginger, some garlic, it just felt like a very versatile recipe that I could mix up and use lots of ways. So that was delicious. And then I had my typical go to go to dessert, which is just vanilla ice cream, crushed up heap bars, I had some Frida, coffee infused vodka from Denord Spirits and Distillery in the Twin Cities. So use that. Just a really easy dessert that you always have on hand when you have company over. So it was a great Mother's Day. Lots of getting out and about with flowers and making sure that all of my flowers are planted. They are all in. The garden has not been started in Ely yet because the ground is not warm enough. So Kurt's going to head up there this week. He's got a box of sort of shaggy looking roots that almost look like uh, dreadlocks that are asparagus. He's got a bunch of seeds. Again, the garden this year is going to be a real experiment. I have no idea how it's going to come up. We're not familiar with that growing season. We've got a bunch of travel in September and also the first or the last week of May and the first two weeks of June. So who knows? It's just going to be kind of a crapshoot. But when you think about Mother's Day, I always think about flowers because my mother loved peonies. We went to when my mom was getting divorced from my dad and they were married like 25 years years. My mom had a TR6 convertible that was in the garage and she drove it around for a while, but then she just stopped driving it. It was a stick shift. It's a real little car. It's not super comfortable. And we had four kids. So driving around maybe wasn't the, it wasn't the easiest car, but I remembered being like 16 years old and driving with her in that car. And she dropped me off at this boy's house. And I just remembered feeling like so cool. Like he must have thought, whoa, like this girl's cool. She's got a cool mom and they've got a cool convertible. So I have like really vivid memories of it. And it was in our garage for years. And when I married my husband, my mom knew that he could fix cars. So she always kind of in her mind's eye, she didn't give it up until way later that we were married. But when my husband uh, turned 50, I gave him the car for his birthday. He got it fixed up and we drove it actually out to the landscape arboretum where my mom has a bench out there. And I miss my mom. My mom died at 62. Um, She had had breast cancer. She was diagnosed at 56. And at the time, that fell like a really unusual diagnosis because we didn't know that breast cancer ran in our family. We do not have the BRCA1 gene, which is the common breast cancer gene, but you may or may not know that there's lots of other genes that can give you breast cancer, colon cancer, uterine cancer. My mom's mother died very young of uterine cancer, which we didn't even realize it was uterine cancer. They just called it female cancer back in the day. So I went and did some genetic testing and found out that indeed there is a gene that I probably have that is uterine, Uh, colon and breast cancer related. So I had breast cancer. I was diagnosed at 42. That means that they'll start surveilling my daughter for breast cancer at 32. I had a stage three diagnosis, double mastectomy. I had 16 rounds of chemo, 36 rounds of radiation. I'm eight years out and I'm doing well, but it's a lot to have gone through that. And certainly there's um, ramifications as I'm aging. You know, they're worried about heart disease. They're worried about artery hardening that happens when you have chemo. In any case, I feel very... Uh, have a kinship with my mom, because I never really, she didn't know that I ever had breast cancer. And looking back on it, you know, everybody just thought breast cancer was like the light cancer, the cancer that everybody recovers from, and it's really not a big deal in terms of how cancers go. And you know, it is true, there is survivorship, even if you have stage four diagnosis, many people can live from four to 10 years longer, but it is still cancer, you know what I mean? And I felt like looking back, my mom was very private, and she wanted us to live our lives. And she didn't want us to be worried about her all the time so that the first diagnosis you know it kind of came and went we'd go sit with her in the chemo chair and she had a lumpectomy and cancer's the cancer that everybody recovers from and that was sort of the end of it and then years a couple years later when it recurred and now it was in her lungs she had uh, issues with her throat and it was like, oh, okay. We didn't even know at the time that this was breast cancer that had metastasized to these places. Looking back on it, I'm sure she knew, but she didn't just tell us very much. And her and her husband were kind of private about it. And we were adults. And my mom wanted us to live our own lives and not worry too much. And I specifically remember, we kind of had a food tree going, and we would go over once a month and take turns giving care. I looked at my mom when we were sitting at the kitchen table, and I had a really vivid just awakening. And I don't know why me this long to have it. But I looked at her and she kind of looked like a little bird. Her hair was falling out. She had had a lot of chemo at this point And so like some hair was falling out, some was thinning, some was coming back in, and it just looked like these fuzzy tufts. And she was in her robe. She was super thin. And I just kind of looked at her and my mom had really big eyes like I do. And she just looked like a baby bird. I knew at that point that things weren't going well and that she was potentially dying. And it wasn't literally until that day, that moment, that I saw her and really saw her and saw how sick she was. And it was pretty jarring. I ended up I quit my job because I knew that she needed more help than we were giving her. And I felt just overwhelmed by trying to do a really high intense job. And I was feeling kind of burned out anyway. So I quit my job. And I just decided I was going to help my mom and take care of her with my stepdad until it was over. And it went super fast. It went two weeks later, Um, my mom passed at our house. Um, We were there, my sister and I and my Stepdad, and we were able to have a ritual that my stepdad wanted to do when she died, which came from the Native American tradition of sort of washing the body. So we did that, and my mom passed. I just have always felt a little bad that I never was more present with her during the breast cancer diagnosis. And I know she wouldn't have wanted me to like, believe me, if I had a chance to talk to her, she would tell me that everything went exactly the way she planned. But then getting my own breast cancer diagnosis years later, it was like, whoa, okay, what is this? What is happening? And I was sick, and I didn't feel very good. And I was scared. And I wish I could have had that perspective to talk to my mom. My mom was a good cook. I remember being in the kitchen with her a lot. My mom had four kids. My dad was a banker. He went to work every day and he came home at six o'clock. He took a nap for like 30 minutes. And when he woke up, the expectation was is we would have a family meal. So my mom made like big meat and potatoes meals every day. One of the best things that she made that I loved was fried chicken. She would fry it just in a little bit of oil in a skillet, but she would always had like this skillet guard because she was constantly burning herself because the oil would splatter. So I remember that every time she made fried chicken for us, she always ended up with Burns on her hands, and yet she probably made it like once a month. Uh, she always served it with corn and mashed potatoes and gravy. She made a really delicious chicken gravy right there in the pan. My mom also made things like uh, she had a thing called hamburger casserole that was just ground beef with tomatoes and green beans, and it was like a casserole. And then she'd make like a shepherd's pie where she'd put mashed potatoes on the top with cheese. That was a real favorite as a kid. Pretty much pot roast every Sunday with carrots and celery and boiled potatoes with the pot roast, and then a a really delicious beef gravy. I remember being older when she discovered some different types of cooking that felt very unusual. I remember the first time she made pico de gallo and we called it salsa. And we just thought it was like the best thing ever with the fresh jalapenos and the cilantro and tomato and onions and how much time she would spend chopping everything up and then that would be in the refrigerator for the whole week. And just coming home from school and having tortilla chips and fresh salsa was heaven. And I remember that feeling so like Californian at the time. I remember my mom making pesto for the first time. I remember her making like a shrimp pesto, which again, just I was working at Dayton's uh in the Boundary Waters restaurant. So I was in high school when she was doing this and it felt very modern because it was very different than just the meat and potatoes that we always had. Um, my mom had a delicious potato salad. In fact, one of my stepsisters was um, trying to figure out the recipe the other day. It was very yellow. It had yellow mustard in it, eggs, radishes, celery, chunks of potato that my mom cut very diligently into squares. I think she cooked, actually I think she cut the potatoes into squares before she cooked them, which I don't know if that seems like a good idea because it seems like they would break up, but I'm pretty sure that's how she did it. My older sister would probably know, so I should probably check in with her on that. And my mom made like steak and we would serve, it on these, I remember these weird skillets that we had. That they were kind of sizzling, like at the Ponderosa. We had special steaks plates. He always had tons of treats for us. My mom loved providing treats. My mom loved going to the grocery store. She'd go to the grocery store and spend like three hundred dollars. And this was, you know, a long time ago. And she would just bring home tons and tons of groceries, fresh fruit. And we always had like popsicles and ice cream and treats, potato chips. And as such, I wasn't super craving those things as a kid because we always had them. And then when, of course, I had my daughter and I was like pretty much a natural health food nut and I never bought snacks or potato chips or ice cream. And really now, if you ask my daughter what her downfall is, she'll say all of those things that we never let her have as a kid because they all feel like taboo almost. So I think my mom might have had it right where the more you give kids, the less they really seek it out. So that's just kind of a funny looking back on that. I loved going to the cabin with my mom. She had a huge corn pot and she would do all the ears of corn in the pot with the potato salad. She made a good tuna salad. I just, my mom was a good cook. Oh, the meatloaf. Yeah, I remember lots of good meatloaf. I miss her. I miss her cooking. I learned a lot from her. She had this chili, which looking back on it isn't even really chili. I don't know what they call it. It was like kidney beans, hamburger, tomatoes, onions, peppers. And then it had elbow macaroni in it. And she would make chili a lot. And that was a big staple in the neighborhood. When any of my friends came over, they'd always ask if my mom had any chili in the freezer. We'd heat it up and put cheese and sour cream on it and eat it with chips. So my mom's chili was big around the neighborhood. I miss my mom miss her a lot. She was great at rolling out sugar cookies at Christmas time. They were always the perfect thickness and super thin and she would decorate them so beautifully. I just miss her. I miss her and I think about her a lot when I think about food and my journey with food because it was very much inspired by her and the other moms. My mother-in-law, my sister as moms and uh, some of the ways that they learned to cook and certainly my friends as moms and my own trajectory of just being a mom myself and wanting to cook things for my kid. So happy Mother's Day moms. Happy Mother's Day out there. Uh, thank you for listening to Dishing with Stephanie's Dish. If you like this musing, I guess, uh, please subscribe or tell people about it or share. That's always helpful too. Trying to build an audience on your own without the backing of the radio station like I have for my other podcast is challenging. So if you can share, that'd be great. And if you want to communicate with me at any time, feel free, stephanie at stephaniesdish.com or Stephanie's Dish at Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. If you've got any show ideas or things you want to hear more about, just let me know. Happy Mother's Day.